You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Prenke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition for the episode Bombad Jedi. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's up, Mike and Star Wars Clone Wars fans? I'm sure Rebels fans too. Uh, Welcome back again, still uh, charging our way to uh, Star Wars Resistance. Yep. And but hey, this 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 week has been, uh, you know, Clone Wars is kind of taking a back seat to Solo. You know, we got <laughs> Solo out there, seen it a few times. Uh, of course, everybody's talking about it, Twitter, social media, and all that kind of stuff. And I guess yep. that kind of leads into our first uh, our first news uh, news story here, Mike. You want to start it off? Yeah. So um, if you're a Star Wars fan, I can't imagine you've I. I missed the fact that solo had a very low um opening weekend um and in fact i compared to basically everything else i yeah i barely even charts um (laughs) so just for for reference opening weekends for other star wars movies since the disney uh buyout um the force awakens 248 million dollars uh, Rogue One, 155. Star Wars: The Last Jedi, 220 million, and Solo: A Star Wars Story, 84 million. Uh, so obviously, like that's a that's a pretty big that's a pretty big discrepancy. Um, I thought and, it got to 100. No, I this is so this is opening weekend. This isn't um, this isn't oh, is including it? I okay. I the the extra days or something like that i can't remember so it's a weekend yeah so so from from thursday night to sunday it was i think 103 million um so yeah there's a few different numbers going around there right now the current domestic gross as of uh today which is may 30th uh is uh sitting at 110 million um hopefully this weekend we'll get a nice bump but um, we're a far cry away from some of these totals because the domestic gross alone on The Force Awakens was $936 million. That's just <laughs> the domestic gross. Yeah. Almost right? hit a billion dollars. Almost a billion. Um, not mm-hmm. to mention worldwide. So mm-hmm. the the worldwide gross right now is a little bit healthier at 179 um, but really like, um, for example, a movie like Rampage actually does way better in foreign markets than it does in domestic. And so I, uh, you'll see those numbers usually flipped, but Star Wars doesn't play in China and I, yeah, yeah, it does not. Yeah. It's, 
I think that it, the the fatigue that anybody might be talking about with all the too many Star Wars movies, etc. Um, as much as we might feel that sort of culturally here in in North America, um, in China, I think that they're just done with Star Wars. I don't think that they care at all. Um, it's it's a it's very interesting because I it's I I don't know what the the specific reasons are for for star wars movies not doing well over there but they just do not do numbers and uh and solo has been no exception in fact it might be the the rule <laughs> um <laughs> and the one that everybody yeah. else is measured by now the other part of this is that we're only four movies into this this new era of star wars and this is an experiment Solo is the first movie to come out that focuses on one character and uh, and and is sort of um, isolated from the larger story, right? Mm-hmm. Rogue One is very much the first two hours of Star Wars A New Hope. You can watch those back to back and it was billed that way and it was played that way. And I think that they just had a bit of a better marketing push on it um to sort of convince people that it was a good movie um Mm. solo has an uphill battle replacing harrison ford and billy d williams um and and being a prequel in a very prequel sense um Mm. and i just think that that they they miscalculated how difficult that was going to be when you compare that opening weekend though to other marvel movies um marvel movies that have sequels ant-man for example i it did about it was like under 60 million in its opening weekend and ant-man and the wasp is coming out (laughs) so um i don't know i think as much as the other star wars movies have just destroyed at the box office I think that Solo is an indicator that um, if these movies continue, that, you know, it's not going to be record-breaking every time at bat. Now, that that said, Solo did break records for Memorial Day weekend. So, like, it, it, it's a... It's a really weird thing because the movie was tracking around between 130 and 150 and it came right. in at about 103 and yet, you know, that's definitely below the expectation, but it's certainly not a flop or a bomb at the no. box office. It's a soft opening. It's not as strong as they wanted it, but hopefully good word of mouth this week is going to get people into the theaters. And for our part, the people who are listening to this podcast who haven't seen Solo, of which I hope there are a few, I hope that most everybody has gone to see Solo. Um, If you have problems with The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens, don't let that stop you from seeing Solo. Because like whatever your issues might be with those movies... Uh, and I know that there's a lot of people who do have issues with that stuff. If you're listening to this podcast, you love the Clone Wars and you love Star Wars Rebels. But especially if you love the Clone Wars, this movie mm. is specifically for you. There are uh, about a dozen great Clone Wars references in this movie. Things that the average fan who didn't watch Clone Wars is going to totally miss. Um, and then there's other stuff that, that if you didn't watch Clone Wars, now you know you need to watch Clone Wars, uh, and you need to watch Star Wars Rebels and all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, it's it's very interesting to me that that the show that the movie is not doing as well as it I think it should be, considering it is the antithesis to the Last Jedi. The Last yeah. Jedi took Star Wars and said you know, this isn't going to go the way that you think, right? Like that's sort of one of those famous lines in the, in, in the movie and in the trailers. Um, and that was, that's sort of the thesis of that movie is that like, 
every other Star Wars movie, it feels like, you know, the good guys triumph. Even when they lose an empire, there's still, you know, well, we'll get them next time sort of thing. And then with The Last Jedi, it's just defeat, 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 defeat. And then at the end, it's like, okay, well, but there's a spark, right? So it's it 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 doesn't follow the the patterns of A New Hope, uh, Jedi, The Force Awakens, or the prequels of being very hopeful, or even Rogue One being very hopeful, very upbeat movies for the most part. Rogue One obviously has some heavy stuff at the end, but for the most part, I think is a fairly um, fast-paced and energetic movie and then the last jedi is this very sort of melancholic uh almost like introverted version of a star wars movie and Mm -hmm. and plays counter to a lot of the ideas that that i think a lot of fans went into the movie holding and it does that on purpose and that's one of the reasons that i love it but i know that a lot of people didn't like that part of it well solo is not that solo Mm -hmm. is the opposite of that Solo yeah. leans so heavy into Star Wars. It is like a great Star Wars novel uh, on the big screen. It's like Clone Wars or Rebels done in live action. And it, it's it's full of references. It's full of inside jokes. It's full of great humor, great characters that we didn't know that we wanted to love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, yeah, like it... It expands the universe and it it adds so much depth and flavor to the character of Han Solo. And like, roll back the tape, okay? Go back a few months to to you know just after the release of the Last Jedi before we started getting any promotion on Solo. I didn't want this movie either. I was like, I, what's the like? I don't see why they're making this. It doesn't make any sense to me. This is such a misstep. And then you see the movie and you go, oh, no, wait, that's why they made this movie. They made this movie (laughs) because they had a great story to tell with great characters that everybody should love. Um, And and so I just I really hope that that if you were on the fence or even if you weren't, if you were on the other side of the fence and you were not planning on hopping it, uh, look, I'm going to bust a hole in the fence so that I can rip you through it because you need to go see this movie. It's. fantastic i mean i saw it twice matt how many times do you see it uh two and probably i'll see it again this weekend yeah yeah, and i'm going to do my best to go and see it again this weekend as well um and i'm telling everybody that i can to go see it because it is just this is about the most fun that you're gonna have with a star wars movie and previously i would have said that about the force awakens but this movie is just wall-to-wall good times. Um, that's not to say that it doesn't have some, uh, uh, you know, sort of um, mature content to it. Like, there's definitely some great, more mature mm-hmm. storytelling going on in it. But yeah. it is, like, 90% of this movie is sheer fun. And that sounds like a poster quote, but, and I, I try and stay away from that sort of language, but this movie is actually that. Like, this is a perfect summer movie. Perfect summer movie. Like, I, I don't know. I, I loved it the first time I saw it. I loved it even more the second time. I can't wait to go see it again. I can't wait to get it on Blu-ray. So that I can just watch it over and over and over. Like, I saw The Force Awakens six times in theaters. I think maybe seven times in theaters. And I at first I wasn't sure if Solo would be the same. Um, but <laughs> I watched it once and then I watched it the next day. And already it's it's a very similar feeling to the force awakens not quite as strong as force awakens where it's like i needed to see that movie again i saw that movie three times in the first 48 hours (laughs) but with this one it's like i am feeling that like i am just like champing at the bit to go see this movie again because Mm -hmm. there's so much about it that i just want to dig into and just um 
I tweeted a, a comment that I personally feel that Harrison Ford couldn't have pulled off the character of Han Solo in this story as well as Alden Ehrenreich does. Now, a hot take. Yeah, hot take, yeah. <laughs> if you don't like this type of a story for Han Solo and you don't like the direction that his character starts in in this, um, then you're not going to agree with that hot take. But if you like Solo, I think that you'll understand where I'm coming from. Harrison Ford is a great actor, one of the best, one of my absolute favorites, if not, like, number one. Uh, but the character that he plays in A New Hope is very specific and it's a it's he's really good at playing that type of character that is um i mean like he's sort of made a career out of playing han solo and i i i indiana jones and um who's the what's the jack ryan you know and the president in air force one it's like he's uh the fugitive like he he's this specific type of gritty hero right the solo that we meet at the beginning of this movie is not that character and this is what i was saying in the lead up to it he is way more like luke skywalker than he is like han solo now the movie moves him in the direction of han solo and that's the whole point that's the story worth telling right is is getting him to that point but uh, where he starts in this movie and and moving to where he ends, I like Alden Ehrenreich just nails it. He just nails it. He does such a good job. About five, ten minutes into the movie, you're not even thinking about it anymore. He's just Han Solo. Oh yeah. He just yeah. is right. And yeah. and I know that was one of the things that you were concerned about as well, Matt. And yeah, yeah. I I him Billy D or sorry uh, Don, Don, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian does. Billy D justice a hundred percent. They're not carbon copies. They're not, I, uh, uh, no. impersonations of the characters that we know from, from the original trilogy. They are the same characters at a different point in their lives. So Lando is instantly recognizable as Lando in the way that he dresses and the way that he looks and the way that he behaves, um, and speaks. But, there are these things about him that it's like, well, it's clear that he hasn't learned some of his lessons yet. Right. Um, and, and I mean like uh, this, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm trying really hard, but I'll just say <laughs> that like Han teaches him one of those lessons in this movie. Like Han teaches him a couple of lessons, I think. Um, yeah. And Lando kind of walks away from it a little bit closer to the character that we see in empire because who we see in empire is a very, uh, mature sort of wizened um, suave uh, uh, character person and who we see in solo is he's definitely dashing and charming but the suave isn't fully developed yet like there are there are pieces of it but you can see that he's he's still growing into that right um and he's maybe a little bit big for his britches at times, and mm-hmm. and uh, and him and Han have a lot more in common than than either of them want to admit. And like, there's great dynamics like that in this movie that are totally worth getting into and telling. And then on top of that, the characters, I, Chewbacca stands out as well. He has so many great moments. Oh, but then yeah. the characters that like like I wasn't really expecting to like Kira that much. She ends up being a great character. Beckett steals the show. Um, L3 is phenomenal. Uh, uh, Rio and Val are both awesome characters. And like uh, Enfys Nest is like, come on, where's that movie? And going in, <laughs> I was like, well, Enfys Nest, cool, cool design, right? It's like, okay, well, just another outlaw. Um, cool design. That's basically it. Like, here comes another Boba Fett. But yeah. really, uh, this is more along the lines of like a Cad Bane. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's kind of like those two schools. You got like a Boba Fett and Embo and Dengar and Bosk where it's like there's not really a lot going on there. But then you have other characters like Cad Bane and Emphis Nest where it's like there's a little bit more going on here with this character. And I kind of want to dig into that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, go see the movie. Just go see it. (laughs) Go see it this weekend. Take a friend or two. 
Um, and I, I, you know what? Just turn off the critical, um, negative waiting for the movie to disappoint you part of your brain. Cause I feel like so many people, they just, they go into movies nowadays waiting for that moment where they go, Oh, that's dumb. I'm, I'm checking out of this, you know, like just turn that off and just go have fun. Go enjoy yourself. You paid money to see the movie. Like, I don't understand why people want to pay money so that they can not enjoy something. You paid <laughs> money to see it. Do your best to have fun. I have a friend that I go and I see movies with, Aaron Golden, who we've done. I've done a couple of podcasts with him. Um, and uh, and we, I, we, he and I tend to go to movies together that we know that nobody else is going to want to go see with us. So like we went to Pacific Rim, we went to Blade Runner together, we went to uh, I, we went to um, uh, the the Mummy, the 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 Tom, oh, wow. Cruise, Tom Cruise one, one. Yeah. and <laughs> like we went into the Mummy going like we're gonna just rip this to shreds, and it was so great because like ten minutes into the movie we turned to each other and we went wait a second wait a second is this movie actually kind of awesome. And it ended like because we had that attitude of like, like it turned on us and we were like, oh, wait, no, this movie might actually be kind of cool. And then from then on, every time it did something cool, we were like, well, that was cool. And that was cool. And that was cool. Was it worth our $15? Right? Like, yeah, it was totally worth $15. So was it a perfect movie? No, (laughs) not even close. It had so many issues. But was it cool? And was it fun? And did it do really neat stuff? with the the concept a hundred percent and solo does that but it also manages to be a pretty freaking perfect movie in my opinion um i've talked a lot i've talked a lot Matt. how do you feel well here's the thing i'm gonna i want to piggyback on two things you said because i I agree with them um let's see what it does this weekend because i'll be interested to see if the memorial weekend had anything to do with with the box office and here's another thing like i think it's so unfair now to like if you're doing a Star Wars movie, like it's all it's always gonna have to be compared to, you know, what did the other ones do? Cheese. I mean, Force Awakens broke a record domestically here. It's the number one movie now. Um, number two global. And, you know, it's just like it's it's tough. I mean, when it seems like everybody takes a Star Wars movie and they gotta just um, expect just craziness from it. And I didn't do that with this movie. Like I went into this movie with a different level of, um, I don't know if I want to say excitement or whatever, but then I do with the saga movies. So you, first of all, you get all this tracking information that I don't know how they messed this up, but like, Oh, it's going to track 150 something million dollars. And I think that spawned a bunch of stuff. And then when it doesn't do that, then you can go, Oh, it's a failure. And it's thing like made over a hundred million dollars. What are we talking about? A failure. I mean, there's reports that um, this movie cost, you know, three hundred thousand to make when you when you basically had to reshoot the whole dang thing. I don't know if that's true or not. Who knows? I mean, they, I haven't seen any true figures yet, but yeah, um, I wouldn't call it. Of course, this thing's not. I think people just like to run and jump on this stuff. Like it's a Star Wars movie, so let's bash on it a little bit. Sometimes I think that's what it is, you know, especially like on on uh, social media. <clears throat> One of the things you said though was the marketing. And I did think that mm-hmm. probably had something to do with it because obviously we know this thing went through all the problems with the director and they had to switch and then reshoot half the movie and they did and they stuck to that May time frame and they didn't go hey we need some time let's push it out to December uh, they stuck with that May thing and obviously it didn't get the amount of attention I think like geez we were getting Force Awakens stuff a year out what yeah. almost a year and two months out or something like that so um, definitely I think that might have had something to do with it. As mm-hmm. far as the marketing, um, but other than that, I just don't think that. Uh, personally, I don't. I wasn't thinking this thing was going to do five hundred million dollars. I mean, this no. is a spinoff movie. This isn't a saga movie. This is a spinoff movie. This is a, a niche um, movie, and it's a on a specific character. So I didn't expect it to do, you know, beat Avengers or anything like that. I thought this was probably maybe a little lower, but. You know, it's not like it made twenty million dollars. You know, it still still did okay. And like I said, we'll see what happens this weekend. If this weekend it, it doesn't track off too much, then I think that word of mouth thing will start hitting. Because I tell you what, Mike, you look all around Twitter. At least I'm I, I'm on Twitter for mostly Star Wars, and um, 
I didn't see a lot of negative reaction. That's you know, it was the thing, all, right? You know, it was all positive. It wasn't I, the uh, negative different levels of positive. Yeah, but the, not negative. The negativity. This is just a hunch. I don't have actual data to back this up. But the negativity yeah. from where I'm sitting is coming from people who didn't bother to go see the movie. And I do yeah. think that the box office backs that assertion up, right? Because anybody who saw the movie was like, that was pretty good, at yeah. least, right? Yeah. Well, we're talking about Star Wars fans, you know? It's like general audience. I've seen right. I've seen a few reviews that were like, I don't understand. It's like, well, yeah, but this movie... Unlike the other Star Wars movies that they've made, it's like I feel like Rogue One was a movie for everybody. Like, like that's to me one it's one of its biggest failings is that it's just not really that much of a Star Wars movie. It's like the characters to me just don't ring true as Star Wars characters. They just seem like characters from some other movie thrown into the Star Wars universe, and maybe that's what people like about it. But um, for me, that's not what I want. This movie is Star Wars through and through. And more so, I think, than any of the other three Disney Star Wars movies. Um, And I say that as a person who talks for an hour and a half every week about the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. So Mm -hmm. to me, like that's kind of the distinguishing factor here is that we've talked about this before. I've said this a few times. Um, People who are just into the movies like star wars right they like star wars and especially people who are like i just like the ot i don't really consider the i don't consider the prequels to be part of the star wars saga right i'm just an ot fan and i the the sequels are okay i really like rogue one best star wars movie ever and it's like okay cool have you ever watched clone wars no did you even see the clone wars movie nope yeah. To have you watched Star Wars Rebels? No, no, I don't watch cartoons. Okay, did you watch the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars series? I saw one of them, that one with Mace Windu. Now, like, <laughs> so yeah. what you're telling me when you say that stuff, you're not a Star Wars fan. We all, but I have a Star Wars t-shirt. You have a Star Wars t-shirt? Congratulations, <laughs> right? And this isn't me trying to, like, make the argument, like, the, the no true Scotsman sort of argument. I'm not saying that those people are lesser. I'm just saying that, like, there's a different category. It's like, you like Star Wars, and there's nothing wrong with just liking Star Wars. But here's the deal. Matt and I, we are Star Wars fans. We wake up in the morning, and Star Wars is one of the first things that we think about. (laughs) Right? Like, I get up in the morning, and when I jump on Facebook for the first time of the day, the first thing i'm thinking is like oh, i wonder if there's gonna be any star wars news today yeah what's going right? on right yeah. like what's going yeah. on in the wars and you know like a new trailer dropping is there like are we gonna get a hint at what the next movie is like like come on what's 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 the deal today what's the deal today and that's from like 6 30 in the morning until i go to sleep at 11 <laughs> right like it is all day every time i'm on facebook i have uh i have star wars set to uh, show up first in my feed if there's a new post, right? Like, that is the sort of life that I live uh, in regards to Star Wars, and I think that that's a little bit different from the majority of people going to see these movies. And I don't think that those people are going to sit through Solo and go like, did they just say Glee Anselm? They just said Glee Anselm. Now Now it's real. Now it's canon. Like, stamp that one. I was like, oh, did they just say that? Oh, they just said that. Oh, did they just reference that character? Oh, awesome. Right? Like, that is, like, I want to talk about specific things, but I don't want to spoil. We have the spoiler cast up on Patreon if you want to hear the spoilers. But there is one specific joke in the movie that in the first screening that I went to, the opening night screening in IMAX, I was literally the only person to laugh in the entire theater in the entire theater and it's like it was hilarious this joke to me because i understood the reference but nobody else in the theater of i don't know a couple hundred people 
even like registered that that was meant to be a joke. And like that to me is the thing. Like that's the deal. This movie is for Star Wars fanatics. Full word fanatic, capital F. <laughs> People who live and breathe yeah. this stuff. Um yeah, it, it it's it is not a movie for the casual Star Wars fan. It's this yeah. is a movie for hardcore. Um, I think it's still great for a casual fan. I think there's still a lot of fun adventure. The story of Han Solo is still interesting. But you want to talk about like who this movie was written for? Lawrence Kasdan was like, I'm gonna write a Han Solo movie, and John Kasdan was like, No, we're gonna write it. We're gonna write the Han Solo movie. Hmm. Like, and he is the one who amped it up and kept like peppering things in there because he is one of us. Now, Lawrence Kasdan can't be one of us because he's one of the people responsible. So that's unfair, <laughs> right? But John Kasdan grew up with it and uh, and is intimately familiar with incredible things. And the best parts of Solo uh, are the things that he pushed for. And like it, it's just it's a love letter to the fans, and it just breaks my heart that so many of them aren't even opening the letter. You know, mm. like it's just it is such. Uh, a beautiful uh, uh, tribute to Star Wars fandom and the best parts of it. And unfortunately, the last six months have been so full of negativity that I think it's just scared some people away. So if you're one of those people, just please do me the favor of going and seeing this movie. Go to it with an open mind. Put The Last Jedi out of your head. Just put it out of your head. Who cares where the story ends up? Think about the character that you love. Think about what you've always wanted to see and the moments that were referenced in the original films that you've always thought, oh, that'd be cool to see that. And just enjoy them because those moments do not disappoint. They don't disappoint at all. Um, Yeah. Yeah, if you're listening to this, um, obviously you're a Clone Wars fan and probably a Rebels fan too. And mm-hmm. man, this movie, like you said, Mike, it's just like you got. I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've seen it. You get it. You understand what we're talking about, like as far as the references and just yeah. the deep cuts. And it's just like you said, it's that it's that love letter. And and I don't know if any. I, and it's hard to say whether the Last Jedi had any effect on this because, you know, I I've obviously said that I'm not a huge fan of of the Last Jedi and some of the things they did, but of course, this had, it had nothing to do with my excitement for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, I went into it with a different level of expectation or excitement than I did some of the obviously the saga movies. So, yeah, like I said, you just go in, you're just like, man, this is this stuff is some of the this is great stuff, you know, seeing Han and Chewie together and just those moments to where, um, not, and it's not necessarily a spoiler because you guys know they sit in a falcon, but just that first time that they sit together and they both have this look and, they, mm-hmm. and Han kind of looks at Chewie and he, and, he, and he has the look like and that's one of the scenes in the theater where at least my theater, there was some spattering of applause like the first time that they're together seated yeah. in the falcon, you know, and it and he gives them that look like this feels right. You know, it's just like kind of gives you a little bit of chill seeing that moment. So uh, like you said, just God, go out and go out and watch this thing and just like you said turn all that other stuff off and just go have fun, man. This is, I know that's been a word used a lot, but when I, it works, it's, it's, it's fun. So, um, I guess with that, uh, there's just one other thing, Mike, I wanted to mention, and this is, this is still, I guess we could still call this a rumor. Boba Fett, obviously we, you guys probably saw this in the last week. Uh, if you're listening to this show that, um, they're teasing this a movie coming out and it's supposed to be written and directed by James Mangold. Again, this is, hasn't been confirmed by Disney, just like the Obi-Wan thing hasn't been confirmed by Disney yet. Um, so, you know, I, I take it with a grain of salt until we get the official word. Uh, it's still kind of up in the air. But, man, I, I was kind of excited about this, you know. Like, um, here's a guy, and I had kind of tweeted about this too, Mangold, who, who's done some pretty good stuff. He's got a lot of Academy Award nominations, a couple wins. Not that that means everything, you know what I mean? Like, take that with a grain of salt too. But it's still... It's still a good resume. Um, he's done Westerns. He's done some other things. And then obviously with Logan, I think that's the thing that a lot of people are gravitating to because here's a superhero movie that um, a lot of people that this thing was up for, like not just superhero movie of the year, but like the 
Academy Award for you know movie of the year. Mm-hmm. So you can't. I don't think you can kind of take that stuff lightly. I mean, I'm super excited about if he is on board with this, um, just from his track record, uh, what he's done recently, some of the stuff he's done yeah. in the past, what the, what the Academy thinks of him, um, and other actors and, and directors that I've seen talk about this guy. That's pretty exciting news for me. Um, like I said, I'm 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 kind of taking it i'm kind of keeping it level here because i don't know if that's going to happen or not i want to get my hopes up too high but i was pretty excited about that any any thoughts on that mike yeah i mean uh obviously logan is a fantastic movie i think that um i actually think that the wolverine is a pretty good movie as well oh yeah which which he also did um but i it just suffers from that unfortunate uh uh studio enforced third act with a giant robot but Um, up until that point in the movie, I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's a great Wolverine yeah. film. Um, yeah. yeah, so I yeah, I'm all for it. If 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 somebody's gonna do Boba Fett, I think that James Mangold can do a pretty good Boba Fett. Um, yeah, yeah, t- yeah. I I think that that's the right guy for the job. Um, yeah, and, and this is somebody who who kind of you know for me flew under the radar. I mean, I didn't know he was up for. I mean, a lot of this Disney stuff has just been kind of blowing everybody at least blowing me away hearing things like you know mm-hmm. john favreau getting his own tv series and then dave benioff and, and db weiss getting their own set of, and some of the stuff has been like out of nowhere didn't see it coming and, and this is another one where but it was a great surprise nonetheless to to hear that like i said he uh 310 to yumas he's, he's shown he can do like westerns then that mm-hmm. kind of a feel of a movie obviously with logan he can do superhero stuff and and taking it in another place where, um, man, this is, wow, I, I think this could be something pretty special if uh, if it turns out to be true. But, again, like I said, we'll see. Um, still not officially um, backed by uh, Lucasfilm or Disney yet, so we'll see what happens. We'll just keep an eye on that in the future. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Obi-Wan, shoot, Mike, can you imagine getting Obi-Wan and then, she's uh, Boba Fett, and then, you know, Favreau's got his TV series set uh, what a few, I think it's what, three or four years after the Battle of Ye- I think it was. I think it was Yavin. seven. Or seven after the Battle of Yevon, four after yeah. the ba- ba- or, 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 Battle of um, Andor. Yeah. Uh, Andor. So, yeah, however you want to put that. It's kind of weird how they, how they, he said that because why wouldn't you just say, you know, a couple years after the Battle of Andor or however he said it weird, like, What's going on with the with the way he worded that? But anyway, but yeah, just some crazy stuff going on in Disney in the Disney world and in the Star Wars world. So it's pretty exciting to see that. So, but uh, I guess that's it, right? Nothing else. Yeah, I, that's it for me. I think on the news front, um, there's yeah. lots of great solo books out there for people who want to check that stuff out. But um, yeah, I. I I don't know, man. Nothing else really going on right now. We're just, I think we're in the midst of Solo, so it'll be a little bit before we start getting some more news about Star Wars Resistance, so just to kind of hold tight yeah. on that, but yeah. um, I think that Hopefully means it's time to get into this episode. You want to do it? All right, let's do it. It's time for the Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition recap. Is it civilized? Uh, that depends on your definition of civilized. I'm enjoying this far too much. You know what? Uh, hearing yeah. hearing the intro to the recap uh, does remind me that there's actually a little bit of Galaxy's Edge news out there. Um, oh, <laughs> there's not a lot new. I, uh, the, one of the big things that, that I'll just mention, and then we'll move into the episode recap, uh, is that, uh, there will be loth cats at galaxy's edge. Um, oh, wow. Loth cats. I didn't hear that one. And that <laughs> is really cool. That's really exciting. So, um, <laughs> something to look forward to at galaxy's edge, something to look forward to more news about soon. Um, cause yeah. we're just a little bit over a year away from galaxy's yeah. edge at Disneyland Ooh. opening. So, so um, nice. the thing that reminded me is Hondo cause Hondo's in the, in that, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's, there's plenty of Hondo now to, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, Hondo's everywhere. It's the greatest thing ever. Hondo is everywhere. 
My favorite character from the animated stuff is in everything else. We're going to see him at Galaxy's Edge. He was in an episode of Forces of Destiny, the one yeah. with Kira. I uh, and yeah, just fantastic. I love it. Maybe he'll make it into a into a into a movie here once. I really day. hope so. I really really <laughs> hope so. Um, we're going to try something new on this episode. Uh, yeah. I've I for anybody who was paying attention the last couple of weeks and noticed us kind of stumbling and forgetting our place, I've color coded the <laughs> recap this week. Nice. Uh, <laughs> blue is for Matt and red is for me. Right. So uh, right. hopefully that'll help us keep track of where we are and not to accidentally reread uh, a paragraph. But Matt, you want to you want to start us off sure. with the episode title and, and director and everything? Yeah, let's do it. Bombad Jedi director Jesse Yee. Uh, so we got three writers this time: Stephen yep. Melch and Henry Gilroy and Kevin Rubio. And heroes are made by the times. The silver Naboo yacht darts forward with the lush world of Ro- uh, in lush world of Rodia. Aboard, Senator Padme Amidala, Representative Jar Jar Binks, and Protocol Droid C three PO prepare uh, for landing. Uh, go ahead, Mike, and then I'll, I get some comments sure. to make on this next one. Uh, Padme disembarks her ship and is greeted by Silud, Senator Onaconda Farr's aide, who takes her inside the Citadel. Amidala extends a heartfelt hello to Farr, or Uncle Ono, as she affectionately calls him. Farr is a longtime friend of the Naberi family. So um, in the beginning here, we got – so we're talking bomb edge out of here, and, and of course not necessarily – the greatest episode in the Clone Wars. But I tell you what, um, here's how it works for me. Uh, we're introduced, uh, re- are introducing um, some political elements to the Clone Wars and showing off how kind of um, war leads to the suffering and, and betrayal. And uh, like it says in the, in the opening here, battles are raging throughout the galaxy. Mm. Uh, worlds and planets are, are being seduced by, by the separatists. Um, and, and Rhodey is one of them. They're they're short on, on food. It's it's like a crisis situation over there, and they're at a point where they are just like, they. It doesn't matter if it's coming from the Republic or the Separatists. They need they need to have things happen, and unfortunately, like in this case, um, it's it's almost like how the Empire got to Lando before Han did. It's like the Separatists got to these guys before. The Republic did, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "Hey, we got to go with you." Um, but it's interesting that, that Padme here goes off by herself, um, and it's like serious enough to actually send Padme, but they don't send her with any clones or anything or any Jedi. It's just like she's got to go help. She's a, you know, this is a, a family friend, but she's going off by herself, and it's her. So I thought that was kind of a big deal. Uh, to go after this planet and to send her with only Jar Jar Binks. So we got Jar Jar Binks uh, in the Clone Wars here. And um, you know what? He doesn't bother me anymore. Um, no. I mean, he has for a while, you know? I mean, it's Jar Jar's Jar Jar. It's not a not a big deal to me. But any thoughts, Mike, on the beginning here? What's going on? I This episode is not good. <laughs> That's what I said. It's not like obviously not going to be this, one of my favorites, right? <laughs> this episode is not good, and uh, it's so funny because as I rewatch these episodes, some of them that I haven't watched since they premiered, or close to that time at least, um, I'm I'm reminded of my feelings at the time, and this uh-huh. is one of those ones where I just got to shake my head. I when I started out, I think I was. I was a little bit hell bent on loving this show and that led to me, I think sort of regarding some of these things. I was also a lot younger. It was 10 years ago. I was 23 years old is kind of a bit of a kid. Uh, Not that I'm so wise and mature now, but (laughs) I, but at the time, you know, like I, I think that I, I just kind of looked at it and, and I was like, Oh, I don't know what everybody else's problem with Jar Jar is. I think he's hilarious. And now I watch this episode and I go like, Oh no, none of these jokes are that funny. Mm I no. no, Also nothing happens in this episode. Like there is no story. The story in this episode could be told in like a six page, uh, picture book for children. Like Mm -hmm. that's sort of the thing is that like, Oh, uh, Padme brings Jar Jar and C3PO to Rodia to talk to, 
her uncle Ono, and then they go off to talk. And while they go talk, Jar Jar gets into trouble. Jar Jar <laughs> falls in the thing. Jar Jar uses a magnet. Jar Jar fights with an underwater monster, and then it yes. helps him at the end. And it's just, right. I don't know, like to me, I had just watched an episode of DuckTales before this, um, the new DuckTales series. And uh, when I put them side by side in that fashion, it was just like I went from a great episode of DuckTales that I really enjoyed um, that you'll be able to hear about on uh, Cartoon Afternoon I, uh, I, in the next episode. And, uh, I, and then went to an episode of Clone Wars that it might be one of the worst. And <laughs> I was just like, wow, this is just not well done. The jokes fall flat. The writing is just not there. And yeah. and this is the thing is that, like, that's not a knock against these writers, Stephen Melchin, Henry Gilroy, Kevin Rubio. These are guys, like, they've written other Clone Wars episodes that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was kind of watching this episode trying to think, like, okay, what's the deal? Like, what's going on here that um, I'm having such an issue with this episode? And I and I kind of hit on it and I tweeted about it. And it's just that th- I think last week's episodes and then this week's episode, you can see that um, they're trying to figure out what this series is. And it was initially meant to be this anthology series. Every episode was going to kind of have a slightly different tone. And this was the one where they go, okay, we're going to try and do some slapstick humor. We're going to bring Jar Jar in and we're going to do like a Three Stooges, Groucho Marx, Charlie Chaplin type story where Jar Jar can't do anything right, but somehow always manages to save the day. I get what they were going for, but I don't think that, I don't think that these, this team not just the writers, but the whole team. I just don't think I just don't think that it was the sort of thing that they um, uh, excel at. It's not to say that they're bad at it. It's just like think about later on in this series as as they sort of get their feet under them. We start moving towards the end of this season. We get the Ryloth trilogy. We get um, the the first appearance of Cad Bane, and then we move into season two, and we've got an episode like Children of the Force. And we've got, I, I, we go back to Geonosis and is that in season two or season three? I think that's in season, I think that's in season two. Um, yeah. And like, and we start getting these great flashes of Vader becoming, Anakin becoming Vader. And, and then you move into like season three and you're talking about like the, the Mortis trilogy and you get into season four and we get that great, um, episode with Ahsoka and um, uh, oh, well, who's the senator, the the kid who who defects to the separatists and 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 the Mandalorians and all that, and it's such a great episode. Um, and then season five, obviously, everything with Darth Maul and uh, and and Mandalore and the Death Watch, and it's just like this show moves from being a cartoon to being truly cinematic by the end of it yeah. when we get into yeah. season six and uh and and pushes boundaries and and i don't it's 10 years later right so i feel like i'm safe in criticizing this episode because i wouldn't want to say something too critical back then and have it sort of hit the ears of the creators um because i wouldn't want them to stop experimenting because without this experiment they don't get to where they get right mm-hmm. um and this is just one of those episodes that it's like okay let's see how far we can push this envelope and for me it's just like when they break the ship they that is yeah. just yeah. it's just too far <laughs> they just pushed it too far um yeah. but but you know i mean like i'm I, obviously it's 10 years later we're looking at this we're revisiting this stuff 10 years later with very critical eyes and i'm yeah. looking at it and just you know, I'm I'm definitely picking it apart. At the time, I loved it, but now I I thank God I never well, have to watch this one again. <laughs> well, like you said, it's like you said, it's um, this experimentation time yeah. possibly 
And and here is an episode where rather than focus on Anakin or Obi-Wan, it's like it's, they're going to go out of their way to show that there's um, heroism, uh, you know, on, on different levels or whatever you want to call it. So, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, we can't. It's almost like they're thinking, are we going to do every episode with Anakin and, and Obi-Wan? What are we going to do? Let's let's sprinkle in this thing and show that there's heroism with Padme and all that, which is fine. Um, but like you said, it's just I don't know. It's it's not one of the best. And um, you're just kind of like, oh, it's Jar 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 like he normally is. No big whatever. Um, and it's just, you know, one of those ones where you're not going to go back and watch again. It's just it's almost like, quote unquote, filler where it's just like, hey, we need to throw something in there. To break up the Obi-Wan and Anakin stuff, let's throw in this kind of thing. So that's where I think, kind of like for me, that's kind of where it landed. So, But I get what they're trying to go for in this. Yeah, I get the uh, like the fortune cooking and, and, you know, look to other people as heroes and stuff like that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll continue. Far reveals that he has reluctantly made a deal with Newt Gunray for a relief effort. Gunray is offering food, ships, and protection to Rodia. Amidala is outraged. Gunray cannot be trusted the far has no choice. Battle droids suddenly rush in and surround Amidala. Her capture was part of the deal uh, Far has made. So, like I said earlier, this is kind of like hey, the first ones to get there and, and to talk to him. And, and he even says this. I think Far mentions this too. Like he he mentions to um, to Padme, like hey, mm-hmm. like where have you guys been? You know, I've been yeah. asking for stuff, and it's only now when you kind of need, you know, you want to gain uh, worlds and and and. Uh, planets and stuff like that. Now you're coming around. So it's kind of like he was kind of calling her out in, in the sense like, you know, where you been? I've needed help. Um, here's the here's the separatist. They offer this. Obviously, it's going to backfire on him, but that's kind of where his thought process is right now. So uh, anyway, go ahead, Mike, if you're ready. Yeah. I, back at the Naboo yacht, Jar Jar Binks is intrigued by the loud and occasionally rude sounds coming from the swamp underbrush. Convinced he can talk to the swamp dwellers, Jar Jar begins chattering to the reeds, and some unseen creature responds by spitting up slime at C-3PO. So here we get the oh, beginning of wacky the hijinks. Yeah, <laughs> wacky Jar Jar Binks and C. Or, or I'm sorry, three so uh, hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jar Jar realizes that Padme is in trouble. Jar Jar is determined to save her and grabs a Jedi robe from the Naboo ship, seeing it as the perfect disguise all right mike here's the question hmm. um interesting that there's a jedi robe in there um and i tell you what looking back on this when i was watching it yesterday i watched it again um c-3po says um he says something but just the way that he is uh acting it's almost like he knows something like whose it is but he, he can't i can't exactly but he he makes a comment like he's trying to cover for something um of I mean, course obviously, we're to think it's it's obviously Anakin's, it's, correct? It's a hundred percent Anakin's robe yeah. and C three PO. Well, I was looking is, at the color for a minute, and I I wasn't sure. Like three PO is totally Anakin, covering because three PO yeah. is one of three individuals who actually knows at this That's point in time knows. that they're married. Yeah. So right. yeah, it's it, yeah, it's funny because I always have to remind myself like at this point in the story, yeah, Anakin and Padme are married. Yeah, it's like that's why I went. I went back and I go, wait, that's right, yeah. of course. I yeah. did that, you know, when watching a. There's an episode of Forces of Destiny that involves Anakin, Ahsoka, and Padme, and in it, by the end of it, Padme, uh, Ahsoka kind of implies that she understands that mm-hmm. that Anakin and and Padme are together, um, and I had to like, I had to stop after watching the episode. I was like, oh, that was a really great episode. I really loved it. And then I had to stop and go like, wait, oh, they're not even just like a relationship. Like they're married. Like that's his wife. (laughs) Like that, like there's a, it's a big deal. And they don't, I don't know, like you get little moments of it in Clone Wars and sometimes you just forget. It's been so long really since since those movies that I think that like, I just, that part of the timeline just kind of slips my mind. Um, and it's just like, you kind of, you go like, well, don't they get married later? No, no, they get married at the end of attack of the clones. Um, so all throughout the clone wars, the two of them are married. Um, the entire time that Ahsoka has known Anakin and Padme, they've been married. And that's, it's an, that's an interesting thing. So yeah, this is one of those moments where like C-3PO is totally covering for, 
uh, That's true. for, for now. Yeah. Uh, Anakin and Padme. Yeah, I totally forgot that. Yeah, he was actually at the ceremony. So yeah, yeah. you're right. Exactly. So it makes total sense why he's why he's doing that. Um, a battle droid sees Jar Jar and mistakes him for a Jedi. Newt Gunray orders his troops to attack, and the battle droids charge Binks. Uh, and the battle droids charge. Binks slips through a floor grate into the swamp water beneath uh, the hangar. Uh, in the water, Jar Jar's stirring agitates an enormous swamp slug creature called the Quasal Maw, which gives pursuit. Padme uses a concealed lockpick to undo her shackles. When battle droids open her cell to investigate, Padme kicks them down, grabbing a blaster, and fires away at the prison guards. She escapes. So, like, this is um, showing, like, her her heroism, like I said earlier, um, kind of her um, toughness. And we've kind of seen this before, and obviously in Attack of the Clones. So this mm-hmm. is nothing new to us. We know she can do this. But it's also, um, they mentioned the Jedi here, and and the Separatists are so afraid of the Jedi that, like, Padme uses it as a, almost as like a tool in her arsenal to kind of use that fear that they have of them. And she kind of, kind of builds on that and she's able to escape and, but she can hold her own with a blaster. Obviously we've seen her do that. Like I said, in attack of the clone. So, uh, kind of, uh, I kind of like that part seeing Padme do her thing. It's kind of, it's cool to see her. Yeah. Uh, show. Her. Those are, I think those moments are definitely the highlight of this episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, C-3PO reaches a communication center and distracts the battle droids with news that the Jedi have been spotted nearby taking the controls. C-3PO contacts the clones on a restricted military frequency and calls for help. Underwater, the blast-proof Quasel Ma spits out an unharmed Jar Jar Binks. The creature seems peaceful, and Jar Jar proclaims the helpful uh, beast is his new friend. So shouldn't Jar Jar owe him a, what do you call it, because he gave one to Qui-Gon, like a life debt? Yeah, sort of yeah. <laughs> I guess he owes this, whatever, this Ma, he owes that him, his life debt too, I guess. Maybe not this time. Um, go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> uh, Amidala is caught at gunpoint by Gunray's droids. Droidicas roll into the scene and unfurl into their combat modes, ready to act as executioners on Gunray's orders. Jar Jar, dressed in full Jedi robes, terrifies Gunray. <laughs> Binks orders the Senator released. Gunray's droidicas open fire instead on Jar Jar. But the Quasal Maw erupts through the floor and begins trashing droids left and right as it flails about on dry land. Jar Jar rides the beast through the battle, and the monster pushes Gunray's shuttle off the hangar platform. So there are two moments here. The one was the, the oh, he's controlling the monster. And then, yeah. uh, which I really, I actually enjoyed that moment. And then I, it broke my heart a little bit as the Quasal Maw pushed the, the shuttle off the platform into the water mm-hmm. because that shuttle design is the sh- like that's what becomes the the phantom two um oh, it's the same right. ship right and i so i was just like oh the phantom because <laughs> i love that design i love yeah. that design for the phantom like i don't necessarily love the shuttle in the movie or in in clone wars but I love when it gets repurposed into the Phantom. I love the way that that looks. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Uh, Padme picks up a discarded blaster and holds it at Gunray. Senator Farr, too, has grabbed a blaster. Gunray calls for the Rodian Senator to, to blast Amandala and the Jedi, but Farr refuses. Padme, recognizing what Farr has been through, gives him an opportunity to do the right thing and he arrests uh new gunray so gunray is arrested and um obviously he's gonna have to get out because things happen in episode three but i yeah. think we're gonna get into that in the next episode uh as far as uh, seeing some more of newt gunray so actually yes. oh we're in the last paragraph go ahead mike we'll yeah uh, republic destroyers arrive overhead gunships land in the hangar bay and clone commander Gree reports to the senators taking possession of gunray Chancellor Palpatine ap- appears via hologram and commends the capture of the voice Viceroy. Palpatine has also pledged relief efforts to Rodia. So a uh, happy ending 
for this yeah, episode. Definitely. Uh, yeah. But I, uh, you know, when we read it back, it's not so bad because we don't focus so much on the slapstick moments like the magnet and stuff. But <laughs> right. um, yeah, yeah. I, I, so you can kind of see where like, oh, this story actually isn't that bad. It's just kind of all that stuff in the middle that kind of makes it <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Well, you know, it's and this thing ends with, with Far kind of doing the right thing. And, yeah. and Padme is not one to kind of shove it in his face. She's like, she understands that you know, in desperate times things yeah. happen and she kind of forgives him. And so that's kind of a nice little, um, I guess, uh, story to, he's trying to do what's right she, for his people. And I think she understands right. that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. In the so same way a, that against the wishes of Palpatine, she goes mm-hmm. back to Naboo to fight, even though yeah. it's not yeah. maybe the wisest course of action. Um, but she does it anyways. Right. So yeah, right. I think that they, she understands the difficulty of leading, a group of people um, and what that, what that entails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, yeah. there's good stuff in this episode, but it's just not the greatest from end to end. Um, right. And they no, get better like with Jar Jar as the series goes on. We'll see him again two more times this season uh, yeah. in the Gungan general and then in um, blue shadow virus and um, blue shadow virus is a terrible episode as well, but that doesn't have anything to do with Jar Jar. Um, but yeah, in the Gungan general, he's fine. He's fine. And by the time that we see him in what in season six with the Mace Windu episodes, that the two parter, oh, yeah. that yeah. that those episodes are great. Those episodes are fantastic. Some of my favorites of the entire series. So yeah, it's they it, got yeah. I was gonna say they got back. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden on the name for Jar Jar the the original. I'm at best. I'm at best. Yeah, they got him back. So. Yeah, um, that's kind of cool to, to hear that. But uh, I know, and especially Ahmed Vest, who won that. I always say like they always give all this, you know, praise to um, to uh, Andy Circus. Yeah. But it's like, man, where's all the uh, Ahmed Best fans? I mean, he's the one that kind of not necessarily did what Andy Best did, but like, I don't know. I I I think he was up there as far as pioneers. In, he was definitely a pioneer. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I know he didn't put the actual motion capture thing on, but his motion performance, I guess, yeah, I guess you'd call it maybe that, I don't know, but uh, God, I got to give him some love, you know, no matter what you think of the character that you kind of, kind of broke some ground there. So that was kind of the, the technology for Gollum doesn't happen without Jar Jar yeah. happening first, right? right? George Lucas pushing the envelope on that definitely leads to the ability for digital characters like Gollum to exist. Um, And for audiences to be ready for it. Like that's the thing is that somebody has got to go through the door first and, uh, and, and Jar Jar is that character for better or worse. And uh, honestly, I'm like, I don't, it's not Jar Jar that I have a problem with. It's, it's this episode specifically. Um, Cause I, like I said, there are other episodes in the series that I actually really enjoy him in. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, um that's it um cool we got some coming next week what's up next week yeah well we don't have any emails this week unsurprisingly because of the episode that we're talking about but if you guys want to <laughs> yeah. send us email you can do that by emailing us at rebelspodcast at gmail.com so i uh, please please send in emails or talk to us on facebook and twitter with the hashtag clone wars se um check it every week i i yeah, um, next week, next week we're going to be back to sort of, sorry, excuse me, business as usual. Talking about the episode Cloak of Darkness. Here's the yeah. description. Ahsoka and Master Luminara escort captured Newt Gunray to trial, unaware that Count Dooku has dispatched his deadly apprentice, Asajj Ventress, to free the prisoner and eliminate the Jedi. I, good episode coming up. This is a good one. Yeah. Cloak of Darkness right. is really great because it's one of the ones where we get to see that Ahsoka actually isn't one to be trifled with. Sort of the <laughs> we saw a little bit of that in um, in last week's episodes when in uh, Duel of the Droids when she faces off against uh, General Grievous. But if I'm recalling correctly, how I felt back then, ten years ago, uh, this is the episode where Ahsoka really started to stand out for me, and I was like, oh, Ahsoka's actually kind of yeah. cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, something really cool to look forward to. Some great lightsaber battles in this episode. Um, nice. So that's what's up next week. 
Uh, but for this week, we are all done. Thank you guys for listening along. Uh, and of course, if you want to stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news, you can do that by heading to rebelcells.com. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, you can do that facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can obviously also follow Matt and I. I am at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and you can follow Matt at the crankster. That is crankster with a K. And, uh, and we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you want to support us, you can do that in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. Uh, like uh, we've got some new stuff. If you're uh, a Disney Afternoon fan, maybe you don't necessarily listen to Cartoon Afternoon, but that's fine. I, I, we've got some throwback tees uh, that we are designs, I should say, because they're not necessarily T-shirts. You can get them on iPhone cases, pillows, whatever. Um, but we've got some awesome '90s throwback designs uh, up on the store now uh, in honor of. Uh, both uh, uh, Gizmo Duck and Darkwing Duck. So one of them is the catchphrase Blather and Blatherskite, and the other one is Darkwing's catchphrase Let's Get Dangerous. So if you're into that, go check it out, store.thunderquack.com. The other way to support us is at patreon.com slash thunderquack. And right now uh, you can get access to the the exclusive solo spoiler cast. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. In two weeks, it's going to go free to everybody. This is one that I kind of just want out there so that everybody can enjoy it. Um, not all of the spoiler casts, or sorry, not all of the Thunderquack podcasts, which this is like sort of our May Thunderquack podcast. It's an extra spoiler cast. Um, not all of them uh, go free after a certain amount of time, but this one will after two weeks. But if you want it now, you can get it now by uh, by pledging a dollar so for a dollar you get that you also get the whole back catalog of all of the previous episodes of the thundercrack podcast that we've done um on tons of different topics but one of my favorites is the one-on-one that i did with matt uh a few months back and it's totally worth checking out um (laughs) it's definitely worth the dollar the solo spoiler cast is worth a dollar to get it early to get it now um if you want to check that out patreon.com slash thunderquack and there are other great rewards as well if you want the mp3 version of our regular spoiler cast and roundtables from youtube then you can get them there uh by pledging five dollars or more um and we've got some other cool rewards as well so uh check that out uh patreon.com slash thunderquack we appreciate everybody who does support us over there you guys are awesome we couldn't do it without you uh but that is it for this week's episode Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with Cloak of Darkness. Mm-hmm.